You are listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Yo, match me the fat beat. I'm in the steam room, in the sauna, at the gym, it's closed, pandemic, that sucks like bad horrible room, mates, the mix down is balls. Hey, this is Mick, and you are listening to a Chirp Radio artist interview. I am on the line with Doug and Max of the Chicago-based experimental label Hausu Mountain, as well as good Will Smith. How are you both doing today? Very good, thank you. Really appreciate you having us on. Yeah, feeling great. Thank, thank you so much for inviting us to this. So I know that this history is maybe already out there, but um, I do want to ask you how how Sioux Mountain came together. So um, Max and I went to college together at Northwestern. Uh, we were very involved at the radio station WNUR and uh, played in a sort of um, experimental instrumental band called The Earth is a Man. After college, we moved in together in Bucktown. Uh, Max was a teacher and I was working at Thrill Jockey Records. Um, and at the time we started the band Good Will Smith that you mentioned previously with our dear friend, Natalie Shammy, who also performs around Chicago as Tal Sounds. Um, we had started a band with her and we're recording music um, for the first time and playing a lot of shows. And we had all this music and we didn't really have any sort of connections to release it. And um, we kind of decided that we should just do it ourselves, that I had been getting these skills through working at Thrill Jockey. And um, we kind of just wanted to give it a go on our own and have it available immediately. So that was sort of the initial impulse for the label. And then Max, I'll let you do chapter two. Yeah, I would say that our label definitely grew by like leaps and bounds in terms of our roster and our catalog as we started to tour around with Good Will Smith and play shows across the U.S., you know, try to tour every summer, and that would result in a lot of great connections between us and other artists. And then over the years, we would end up putting out a lot of albums by certain artists and kind of like built a, a family of friends. So what makes you feel a kinship with an artist and feel like you could maybe put their record out on your label? I think that from the beginning of a lot of relationships, it kind of stems from like a seeing an amazing live set typically for us because you know that kind of like represents the most almost like elemental and like essential view of what they are capable of and what they're interested in and what kind of music that they want to get out into the world and i think that you know we, we've released a number of releases based on like a like a digital demo that we received but that that is a relatively very small number a lot of the people that we have come to work with for so long are people that we know absolutely shred live and like deliver a crazy experience that you know is overwhelming or contains performance elements that are very unique or they have a unique approach to like using their gear or their their equipment or you know their their like machines or their voice or any of this stuff and the easiest way to kind of like get that in a full portrait is to see them play a set Another thing too is musicians that are able to balance the sort of uh, 
um, ecstatic release or humor or just being able to convey excitement and fun, but also maintaining like a dedication to total experimentalism, genre recombination, uh, avenues that have not been explored very much or at all. And um, doing that while still making it be fun and not a, an entirely petty or overly academic or just kind of boring experience. I think that we all know that there's a whole group of people that have just associated experimental music with listening to a fan for an hour or just like factory sounds that they don't want to hear or uh, a note that is held for six hours and they're just like, peace, I don't want to deal with that. That sounds really, really boring to me. And we want to work with the people that are just as experimental as the fan for an hour, but able to make that fun and engaging for musicians and non-musicians alike. Oh yeah, and, and Doug here, I think that this might be a good chance to talk about how um, video games are a very important part of both our sort of um, road through electronic music and is a very guiding principle of our visual aesthetic and Max's visual art that he provides for the majority of our releases. Yeah, so Max here, thinking about, you know, when we first started this label, I didn't really consider myself to not only really be like a like a musician in like a any sort of professional sense, but I also didn't consider myself to be a visual artist, and I had no absolutely no background in that in that medium. And part of what inspired me and continues to like guide the art that I make for our releases, which as as another aside, I probably end up making something like sixty to seventy percent of our art, and the other. 40 to 30% comes from the artists themselves or from art that they've sourced from their other connections or things that they have in mind for to match their music. But for the album art that I make, you can see that art as the like garish, multicolored, like like video game pixel art. That's kind of like my aesthetic. Um, I definitely derived a lot of inspiration and like a kind of like path through visual art through the medium of video game visuals. And specifically, I'm referring to games, especially of the 16-bit era, like Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, because those games, to me, contain art that is, like, among the most psychedelic and, you know, inspiring and interesting art that I've encountered in any medium. So you mentioned a couple of times, you know, the influence of uh, psychedelia and, you know, sort of these altered states of mind and how that, how sort of the search for... you know, these sort of new sort of avenues of consciousness kind of propel your label and the type of music that you like to put out. Um, how do you feel about the state of psychedelia right now? Like there's a lot of different definitions. Like there's basically garage bands that will throw in like a psychedelic riff and, you know, then they're like a psychedelic band, but hopefully you have a different definition and I'd like you to maybe sort of unpack it. Totally. And we'd be happy to talk about that. So the, the the first thing I want to address in one of your questions is like this idea of psych rock. And I would agree with you that like at this point, like garage psych bands are hardly psychedelic at all. You can't put a tremolo pedal on for your guitar solo and 
call it psychedelic because it's not 1966 anymore. Um, to me, I think that like things that are important to convey in the psychedelic experience that we um, that are values that we idealize. Um, one is kind of shifting all over the place through many sorts of ideas, moods, genres, feels um, in a seamless way. Like a lot of things that we put out, tracks just kind of melt into each other and flow. Um, and another thing that I think that we idealize is durational psychedelia, especially in um, projects like Prolapse, and Peppermill Rondo, which is one of um, that, that that's myself and Max, like our sort of sample driven project. The idea that like to be truly transportive, it should be a completely like world building long experience. Like Doug was alluding to regarding like the tremolo pedal psych rock. I think that there are outward signifiers that convey psychedelia or trippiness to people that are very rooted in 60s culture Stuff like The Doors and like, you know, like, I don't know, Jefferson Airplane and that kind of stuff, which to me feels like a very outdated mode of looking at what I, I would describe as psychedelic and to the point where I would almost want to retire that word. It's more about like the mission statement of our label. It's like it's like baked into our work because, you know, we experienced amazing things from psychedelic world, you know, like from... For example, like art through the art yeah. world, through, yeah, through, through through like immersive music, film, uh, installation, visual art, uh, and and through experiences, just through like uh, one one place in particular that stands out is this Voice of the Valley Festival put on in West Virginia, where it's like fourteen straight hours where you will see twenty to thirty noise and experimental acts that are each one completely world altering and you're out in the middle of nowhere and like the sun is setting and there's just something you've never heard is playing and you're 10 hours into seeing music and you're on a different planet like that's uh, I, I guess that plays into what i was talking about about the durational aspect of it all um but the real world is supremely psychedelic and weird if you let it be i think that you guys are really doing something uh, unique and appreciable within the world of diy and experimental music and just um just chicago music in general um you guys are sort of going where people live and uh and setting up shop and i appreciate it well thank you so much yeah thank you so much for, for just uh letting us ramble for a while and for all of the love that chirp has given us over the years and for the lovely conversation it's um it's fun to hang yeah yeah for sure this has been mick in conversation with max and doug of chicago label house mountain thanks so much for your time today guys thanks so much mick and to all the listeners we'll see you out there in the zones yeah thank you mick and chirp and much love to all this has been an artist interview from chirp radio you can find this and more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts 